0: This is The Shift Podcast. Today on The Shift Daily Podcast, Mike Hall of Rust Valley Restorers sold hundreds of cars from his field. So we chatted with Mike. What pushed him to sell some of his treasures? And he teases us for what's coming up in season four of the show. Plus some secrets around cars he kept, and how rewarding it was to see car lovers take away some of those rotten old cars from his backyard. Ryan O'Donnell breaks down the updates of the new details, the case of the accidental shooting with Alec Baldwin on the movie set with In Case You Missed It. We like the mood with some English people with amazing accents that we can't understand. Plus, are you okay with Metallica? Of course you are. It depends on how you look at it. This is The Shift Podcast. Are you okay? I don't know. I think maybe I could try something different here. Would you guys be into maybe try something different with me? Something this different. Okay. Yeah, sure. I just thought maybe I would sure. try a different, um, I just thought maybe I'd try a different, you know, sort of bed. Okay. Oh, instead of Roberto. For, are you? Okay. okay. Yeah. Good. Go Excuse ahead. Me. Is that okay? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So um, I'll try and get the timing right. Cause I got to do it here. And Brennan Kelly's usually the one who does this. So, I, I, so the way that it works, I would be like, are you okay? And then the bed starts, right? So, Okay. Yep. Are you okay? Are you okay?
1: <laughs> Brennan's really grooving. Are you okay with Metallica? I mean, absolutely. But this this is the Metallica riff you choose. I would have gone for some a little bit old school. But uh,
0: well, I was going was, for uh... something that worked. Ryan, it's not all about loving the Smiths. Sometimes it's about what works for the yeah. piece we're doing. Yeah. Well, you tell me you don't want
1: to listen to some killer, headbanging, "Kill 'Em all thrash uh, 1984 style. No. Yeah.
2: Well, that's the thing. I'm okay with Metallica based like eras, various eras of Metallica, because Metallica has yeah, yeah, been exactly. an enduring band. So they have eras, unlike the Smiths, who just has those four albums. Just
1: the Whoa. four albums Yeah They stretch is... man I will say Metallica's put on One of the greatest shows I, I've seen them twice And each time It is just Incredible There's so much fun I was actually Pretty lukewarm On Metallica Then I saw them live And that sold it for me Yeah you know, exactly this is like one of the greatest Songs ever made You know what I
2: right. Didn't like Metallica So much Was was that documentary they made while making St. Anger. I can't remember what it was called. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was awful. It was just...
1: so bad. That that album is so dreadful. dreadful. (laughs) What
0: a weird band. I love them. And they were so angry. Remember for so long? Yeah. Napster. (laughs) Napster. Lars. They they took a really good stand against Napster that needed to be taken, that's for sure. Um, But... That was cool. Uh, Napster was the one of the first big music downloading, publicly public phasing downloading, basically flipped off the music industry websites. Yep. All right. Are you okay with Metallica? They are undisputed biggest metal band of all time. Mm-hmm. I would just like to clarify, Ryan wrote that before you text me. Um, we could say perhaps debatably the biggest they metal are, band though. of all time. Yeah
1: heavy metal well, Ab- album sales so- impacts 100 percent. i'm not saying they're the best they're the biggest
0: i most people would say that when they went mainstream they lost their metal
1: oh i agree but better so yeah okay um
0: <laughs> um they oh dear Sorry, I've got to make oh, sure that I've got all my Metallica yeah, get the right here. To yeah. See what's happening. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. There we go. Uh, okay, so Metallica has pumped out four, uh, pumped out. That's a typo. Four Thanks. amazing albums and some other ones, but there has one song that has dominated their career and the radio since its release. Enter Sandman. Yeah. The single reached number 16 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, achieved platinum certification for more than 1 million copies shipped in the United States, spurring sales of over 30 million copies for Metallica and propelling Metallica to worldwide popularity. People love to cover it. In this case, their hands too. Jordan Perkic has decided to take on the ultimate test. How many gloves can you wear before you can't play Enter Sandman? Because that's the... Biggest thing on your mind today? Mm-hmm. Uh, he embarks on the uh, on the metal music mission, starting out with no gloves, and then he added a new pair each time he plays the familiar Sandman riff. Here are his first few attempts. Thinking palm muting might be a little hard in these. Pretty good it's not hard enough yet wow okay yeah. what about if he puts on all these pairs of gloves like 16. Let's try 17 now. So that, (laughs) okay, um, is still better than me. Yep. So actually, why don't we just skip 17? (laughs) And we'll just go to 20 gloves. Let's do it.
2: You know, it's like you can hear all the you gloves.
3: Can, <laughs> you can hear
1: them. Yeah. How big are your hands with twenty pairs He's of gloves? It's gonna be on? enormous. It's still he still does a pretty good job. Like it's still pretty familiar. Oh, absolutely, and, and way better than I could do, hands yep. down.
0: Excuse, excuse the pun. Gloves down. Um, gloves down. So, this was just this random story about a man wearing gloves playing Metallica. I have no idea where Ryan got it from. It is awesome. So, I'm gonna have to ask this then all of our guitar folks, guitar-playing folks that are listening. Is Enter Sandman easy to play? That's why 20 pairs of gloves is manageable? Ooh. Or is this guy that talented? Um, or does he have really skinny fingers? I don't know. That's a good question. I need to know. Me too. These are the things that are on my mind after we talk about Metallica and wearing gloves. Um, can you, you, you guys can't play the guitar, can you?
2: No, God, no! Oh, no, no! Right. Not well. I wish
0: I have one. Can't play. All right. Are you okay? Are you okay with wizards?
2: Ooh, Ryan definitely seems like something yeah. he'd be okay with. That's
1: okay, yeah, I like my. I love Harry Potter. I I don't really like playing the wizard in a video game of always the guy that's up there with the sword and stuff uh, but wizards are cool I like, I like wizards in general yeah if I ever went to Ryan's
0: door and knocked on the door and he opened the door with like Harry Potter cloak on and a wand in his hand and the Harry Potter glasses on I would not even second guess it I would yeah. probably be like hey man what's going on yeah and just go on with the day because it would it would be so normal and appropriate for Ryan's nerdery and love of the, all those things. I would just be like, are you coming for coffee or what? Like, you wouldn't even ask if you're changing. Like, you'd be like,
1: let's go. Yeah, yeah I'll take that. <sighs> I'd probably uh, rather go as Snape, though. That's more fun. Just talking that Ronald Weasley, Mr. Potter. That's way more fun.
2: I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> hey, what? You, you haven't watched Harry Potter. No, and oh, well, I've never been ago, able to make it through one whole movie. I think on a plane, oh. I think maybe I watched it like years ago, like on a long You're... plane ride, you know, just no to cats. pass the time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Brendan comes back from vacation really spicy. Have you noticed that? <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> Very, the tan. It's the tan. It's the non-existent
2: tan. It's pent up. I like. I can't. You know, just the, the week by up. myself. Yeah. I can't say these things to the Streets walls. No one to vent to. Yeah.
0: All right. So if I imagine Ryan O'Donnell uh, dressed up like Harry Potter, this is what I imagine Brendan Kelly is like on vacation, walking with his notepad, thinking of some burn about the Smiths and going, "Ooh, I got to write that down. I'll go write that down." <laughs> <laughs> While he's walking around downtown Vancouver. Okay, are you okay with wizards? The magic using characters uh help make fantasy stories that much cooler. Case in point.
4: I'm certain to the secret fire, wielder of the flame of our The Dark
2: fire will not avail
4: you.
0: Flame of I'm going to throw out that, reckless use of the word cool.
1: That's the best wizard of all time. Gandalf. Lord of the Rings. That's the best. Merlin. Mm, that's, uh, yeah, that's a good one, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's a good
0: point. Best wizard of all time. eight seven seven 399 Let's just settle this right now. Okay, so did you know that there are real wizards that are paid by governments? Turns out there are, and when I say there are, I mean kind of, and also not anymore. First, here is some backstory on our wizard, who is not Gandalf. He was born in England and started performing acts of wizardry entertainment and entertainment in public spaces shortly after arriving in New Zealand in 1976. That explains a little bit. When council originally tried to stop him, the public protested. In 1982, the New Zealand Art Gallery Directors Association said it become a living work of art Then in 1990, the Prime Minister at the time, Mike Moore, asked that he consider becoming the Wizard of New Zealand. Now, here's more from Sky News Australia and why he has lost that prestigious title.
4: For the great Wizard of New Zealand, he's been evicted from the public payroll, or should I say cast. Anyway, he was perhaps the only state-appointed wizard in the world. He was hired 23 years ago to promote Christchurch through acts of wizardry and bring life to the city. And the end of legacy, his legacy comes as Christchurch New Zealand announced they are embarking on a new tourism and promotional direction to attract diverse communities. When asked about his departure, the wizard himself said, it implies I'm boring and old, but there's nobody else like me in Christchurch. It's just they don't like me because they are the boring old bureaucrats and everyone likes me and no one likes them.
0: Wow.
1: That's a spicy wizard.
0: Yeah. Well, now there have been some rather questionable moments from this wizard. According to The Guardian, in April screening of Channel 3's comedy, excuse me, current affairs show, New Zealand Today, hosted by Guy Williams, the wizard said he liked to tease women by telling them they were devious and said uh, they use cunning to get men who are thick. Don't know what that means. I love women. I forgive them all, all the time. I forgive them all the time. I've never mm-hmm. struck one yet. Never strike a woman because they bruise too easily is the first thing. And they'll tell neighbors and their friends. And then you're in big trouble. Oh, yes. Good promotion for Christchurch. Oh, wow. uh, the wizard is well known. Is a well known face to Christchurch residents, but in recent years, his presence has diminished and sightings have become rare. He says that it's because council has made him invisible and would not respond <laughs> to his suggestions <laughs> to
1: improve tourism. Invisible. That's a very
0: perfect wizardy thing to say, isn't it?
1: Yeah, he's the wizard. If anybody's invisible, it's him by his own um, magic. There you go. Uh, okay, let's get
0: some, one more of these. Are you okay? Is in here. First, with this out of context clip for it.
2: Come on, come on. Oh, she's talking to me. For so long, I felt so
1: unappreciated, so unloved. I mean, I know yes, she loved the Kellogg's Pop-Tarts. Who wouldn't pull that nice, warm, gooey, real fruit filling in a toasted tan crust? But now I know she thinks they're cool, because they're hot! I'm a raging
4: infernal emotion here! Finally. Kellogg's Pop-Tarts, part of this complete breakfast. They're cool. Because
3: they're hot! Mom, this toaster takes forever. Let's get a new one. What?!
0: All right. Um, There you go <laughs> for the Pop-Tart. Um, that's pretty good. So a tasty breakfast snack, or as I like to call it, mm-hmm. cake for breakfast. Uh, it's been around since 1964. <laughs> Let's talk about cake for breakfast. Toaster pastries filled with jam and all kinds of sugary, like, coating stuff. Pop-Tarts is Kellogg's most popular brand down in the States. Millions sold every year. They're not having a good month so far, though. There are strikes at their plants. This is K-A-I-T News in Memphis. Kellogg Plant workers in the Bluff City continue to strike as they demand better wages and benefits. Workers at the Memphis plant are out on Airways Boulevard, but these strikes are happening now across the country. The bakery, confectionery, tobacco workers and grain millers international union says it has been negotiating for a fair contract that provides a living wage and good benefits. The local union president says they are against the company's two-tier pay system. Strikers want to make sure that their message is heard. Now, adding to the chaos, there's a Karen. The class action lawsuit filed by Anita Harris in the southern Illinois, uh, in the southern Illinois,
1: Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, uh, yeah, you can give me that one. Argues yep. that the
0: Kellogg's sales company is misleading consumers by promoting the breakfast pastry strawberry filling in its labels and marketing, giving an impression that the fruit filling contains a greater relative, uh, a greater relative and absolute amount of strawberries than it actually does. Harris claims the Pop-Tarts cannot provide a true strawberry taste, so it is overwhelmed by the significant amounts of pears and apples, and says that the red food coloring gives consumers the false impression and the pastries contain more strawberries. The lawsuit said if Harris had known the truth, she would not have bought the Pop-Tarts. Did anybody truly believe much?
1: there was real fruit is in there? Real fruit, and also she's suing them for $5 million. Oh, of course. Oh my God. That's great. <laughs> of course. I love that.
2: This is The Shift Podcast.
0: Well, There's a show that we love here on The Shift, Rust Valley Restores. We've said it many times, but what happens when you find out in the news that one of your favorite people from that show is uh, selling his stuff? <laughs> that's bothersome. And that's what happened. So uh, we've got Mike here, and I don't know if you know Mike. Mike has extremely long, dreadlocked blonde hair. And, um, and he's hanging out with us here on the shift to chat about cars and all things Rust Valley and what's going on. Uh, Mike, thank you for being here. Thanks for inviting me, Shane. How in the world is Mike Hall dealing with selling his cars? Well, a
4: lot of people ask me the question. I mean, at first, I thought it'd be very traumatic. Traumatic, I guess. Some of those cars have had 40 years. But when you see people leaving and everyone is so happy, it's uh it's kind of bittersweet, I mean it's happy, glad, sad, all at the same time, I guess you might say.
0: Now, we're not going to talk about what cars you kept because that's going to be revealed in the show, so we look forward to hearing that stuff, but I kept I mean- a few, I kept a few. Well, you got to keep a couple, right? Like, there's got to be... So when you got to that process, were you like, okay, well, we'll sell those, but these are the no goes. Nobody's allowed over there. Jane, I
4: actually hauled some down into the field to sell and then hauled them back up into my yard. Oh, you did. some went back into the field to sell. It was like the auctioneers were giving me shit. But I said, hey, you guys said right on the pictures, subject to additions and deletions without notice. So here's your notice that's right they got to have to change the auction list
0: so mike tell me okay so wait a second so you hook up a car you drag it up to the house or something you take it away you're like no you can't have this car yep. and then you get to the house and then you're you're like oh shit and you take it back down you're like i don't need this this is crazy <laughs> well, is that what both- it was like you yes but it went
4: both <laughs> ways some i hauled down and then back and some i hold back and then they went back to the field so it was a struggle <laughs>
0: Oh, that's funny. That's like everybody when they're trying to clean out the basement yep. or the garage, right? And you're like, I don't need this stuff. And then you go to take it to the Goodwill or wherever <laughs> you're taking it. And you're like, no, no, this is coming home with me again. Well, that,
4: well, that's exactly it's like when we they closed the landfill up by my place. I had stuff I'd hauled home for 20 years. When the landfill hauled I was going to close, I hauled it all back because I hadn't used it in 20 years. So
0: Right, isn't that the case? Well, what what is the rule? The uh, minimalists say if you haven't used it in a year, get rid of it. Well, that does not mo- apply to your no, collection.
4: <laughs> I think it's more like thirty or forty years. <laughs>
0: what are you gonna do with all the space, Mike? You got all this space behind you. Well,
4: the, no, this isn't. This is this is actually rented space that I filled up with some of the overflow stuff.
0: <laughs> wow. I have
4: no space. My my yard is full.
0: Can you ease our mind, Mike call, that um, as the man from Rust Valley Restores, your love affair for cars is not ending. No. You're not selling off all of your inventory. You're done. You're uh, like, all. you're not going to become a gardener. Like, you, you're not. No, Shane. You're still this, doing it, right? Okay. I was supposed to
4: keep 10 cars. I can't tell you how many I kept. But let's say I've got a full deck
0: with some jokers left. All right. This is good. I like this. Uh, Okay, so now, where are you guys at with the next season now? Is it shot, or are you guys shooting it? Shane, we are currently filming season four. We're not done yet. All right, so there's more to come. We can look forward to that part, and uh, there's more to be had here. Oh, yes. I would also... I would also lose my my radio host uh, union card here. I don't, we're not a union. But I would lose my radio host union card if I didn't ask you to describe to us your favorite of all the things, Mike. The favorite car? I guess so. Well,
4: I can't have one favorite. I got a bunch of favorites. <laughs> That's why I ended up with 500 cars. If I only liked one, I would That's only amazing. end up with one
0: So but- How do you end up with 500 cars, legit? I mean, like, that is worse than... Like, you can't go on a road trip, Mike, without taking something home with you everywhere you go. Sometimes I take three or four home. That's the problem. That's why
4: That's why I sold the wrecking yard. I realized, I realized if I sold the wrecking yard, I would have to get rid of the cars because I'm not going to buy another place to store 500 cars. So that was the start of the process. Sell the land. I had to get rid of the cars.
0: You're just gonna buy more land and collect more no, cars, man. I can hear it coming now. I'm too
4: old. I got my yard full. Like I said, I was supposed to keep ten and I got a full deck plus some jokers left. So that's a few more than ten. Oh,
0: nice. Is there a dream car that you haven't been able to get yet that you're looking for? You know, some guys have maybe that old bus or the old rig or something. You know, is there anything left or you just have there's it all a there's a
4: couple that are still on 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 my hit list that I haven't had yet. I'd like a mid sixties vet. I'd like an XKE Jaguar Roadster. Uh, I'd like a Porsche Carrera, but I still have time. I'm a young man still.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this is good. So you're too old to have that many cars, but you're still a young man for a Porsche. Makes sense, Mike. (laughs) What's that saying? Old
4: enough to know better, but young enough to do it again.
0: Yeah, that's right. This is good. This is exciting. So, um, I guess you can't tell us any surprises for this season. That would be no good. No, but there Um, is. Just that we're looking forward to. There's going
4: to be a lot of cool things happening i mean we're on amazon stack we're on motor trend magazine now so uh where our market's expanding uh there's going to be uh, quite a few other people are getting involved with the show doing some really cool builds like i said guys will just have to stay tuned and watch the episodes i'd tell you more but i'd have to hunt you down and kill you
0: yeah, well, don't do that. I like living. Um, the uh, I, Rachel Bonnet, though, I would like to say, just to, because I know that there are you know the fancy show people listening, she's been fantastic, and I'm just going to – my endorsement for having Rachel back on the program, I know you cannot confirm or deny that. I'm just going to say she's pretty awesome, and, and I would like to see her back on the show.
4: She is pretty awesome, and I hope you do invite her back on, back on, on the show. You know what they say, any PR is good PR.
0: This is good. She's the best. Um, Mike Hall, Russ Valley Restores. Uh, let me take a moment and just personally say thank you for your work, man. The show is entertaining. It's fantastic. And your craft is remarkable. Um, and I also acknowledge the fact that, you know, I don't know all the reasons behind it, but uh, the fact that you're willing to let go of all those cars, man, that's, that's a pretty big step. Well, Shane,
4: like I said, when you see him load up a car and you say, you know, I've had that one 40 years. I've had that one 25 years. I've had this one 30 years, and I haven't got to them. So, I mean, in a way, it's just the dream isn't – my dream isn't dying. It's just getting dispersed across the continent is how I like to think about it.
0: Do you ask them one of the conditions is to send you back a picture when they're done with it?
4: That's right. Tell everybody, when you do something, send us a picture, send us a photo, get it restored, drive it by the shop, show us what you've done with it. I mean, like I said, there's so many – it's just like the joy – like I mean, you're loading up something, it's falling apart, but you know that guy suffers from metallic hallucinations as bad as I do. Cause he's not seeing what's there. <laughs> he's not he is not seeing what we've just loaded on his trailer and he's all in right. back to Ontario, or else he wouldn't do yeah. it.
0: Well, he's seeing that uh, that shiny candy apple red finished product with shiny wheels or whatever it is. That's all they see in their eyes. Exactly. Isn't
4: it? It's a sickness. There should be a medical term for it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like a great sickness to have though, doesn't it? Well, I like
4: it. It hasn't hurt me.
0: It's beautiful. Mike Hall, thank you for your hard work on the show. Thank you for sharing time today. I truly appreciate it. We look forward to seeing uh, which cars and how many you uh, pulled back to the house and back to the lot and back to the house and into the garage and in the trees. It was
4: more than I was supposed to, but I'd really like to thank you for inviting me onto your show and, Like I said, if you guys want to find out what's going on, check us out.
2: This is The Shift Podcast. In case you missed it on the radio, here's
1: Ryan. That was going to be the Monday feel, but I'm actually feeling pretty good on this Monday. I got to say, it doesn't Mm. really feel like Monday.
3: It's going to be a good week.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'm feeling feeling good. We've had a fun show. Nice, light, fun conversation. Uh, So with that in mind, in case you missed it, uh, Alec Baldwin kind of shot and killed someone uh, on the weekend. Um, It was a terrible accident, first off. But more so than anything, this is a terrible, terrible accident that has happened. And when this broke, I... It broke right before our show on Thursday and uh, uh, going into Friday. And when it happened, I really thought that we wouldn't hear much for a while because of just how kind of a shocking of an incident this is. But there has so much stuff has come out over the weekend uh, and we have a pretty clear uh, idea of what happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, So. Let's, before I break down some of the details and some of the stuff that's come out, this is a summary from CBS News of the early events as stuff happened Thursday going into Friday.
3: A stunt on the set of the movie Rust went horribly wrong Thursday. The Santa Fe County Sheriff's Office says the film cinematographer is dead, its director injured after actor and producer Alec Baldwin discharged a prop firearm on set. The sheriff's office is investigating the incident. 63-year-old Baldwin, pictured here in costume in a now-deleted Instagram photo, is currently not facing any charges. Bill Davis is a weapons expert who's worked on Hollywood film sets, including Westerns. Those are all real firearms. What's fake about it is the ammunition. The, the,
4: the blanks that are loaded into it, there's no projectile uh, <clears throat> in a blank. But what I think happened is, is um, people just didn't inspect the weapon and or did not inspect the
3: ammunition that they were loading into it. 42-year-old cinematographer Helena Hutchins was taken by helicopter to University of New Mexico Hospital in Albuquerque, where she was pronounced dead. 48-year-old director Joel Souza was also struck and rushed to Christus St. Vincent Regional Medical Center in Santa Fe. Rust actress Frances Fisher tweeted overnight that Souza was released. Production is on pause following the tragedy. Laura Podesta, CBS News.
1: So that's the very early details. Well, now I have far more details than I thought I would have, honestly. So uh, here are some of the things that's come up. Hours before that shooting, a camera crew for the movie, a camera crew member uh, was, the sorry, rather the whole camera crew had walked off the job to protest conditions and production issues on the movie set, which include safety concerns. Uh, The uh, disputes in the production of this movie began almost from the start, which happened in early October, and seven crew members in total walked off several hours before that shooting happened. So the crew specifically expressed their discontent with the matters that ranged from the safety procedures to their housing accommodations, and that's according to one of the crew member who left. Now, at rehearsal... On film set on Thursday, which is at Bonanza Creek Ranch outside of Santa Fe, the gun Alec Baldwin used was one of three that a firearm specialist uh, on a movie set, they also call them armorers, um, had on a cart, the building where a scene was being rehearsed uh, just outside uh, of that set. So, according to court records, an assistant director whose name is Dave Halls grabbed a prop gun off a cart, handed it to Baldwin indicating incorrectly that the weapon didn't carry live rounds by yelling, cold gun. When Baldwin pulled the trigger, obviously he unwittingly killed Hutchins and wounded the director who was standing behind her in like a wooden chapel building. So it's important to note here that guns in movies are almost always real. When I was uh, in the World War II uh, heritage minute, uh, I was an extra and they gave me a real World War II gun. I was holding a Lee Enfield and I got to hold a Sten gun, which is a fully automatic assault uh, or SMG. And I was uh, the armor told me that day, he says, this is the closest you will ever get to holding an automatic gun legally in Canada. It's real. And these are real weapons. If I put bullets in that, I could hurt someone. Which is a very interesting power to have uh, on a movie set in general. I understand why they go that way. But what they tend to do is blanks. Gunpowder charges, which produce little more than a flash and a bang. You see some stuff fly out of the barrel just to kind of add to the whole you know, illusion that it's real. So what's happened here is a miscommunication, safety precautions stuff fell through in the line of communication and it ended in a death. And now a lot of the the things that have come out about this are why do we use real guns on movie sets? If this could happen, which I think is honestly a fair argument. Uh, There's so much uh, you can do with computers these days to make guns feel and look real. Uh, I don't see why you wouldn't want to change. I I get that. Now there's obviously you want to make it as accurate as real, but it's a movie. Uh, and I, you know, where do, where do you go from here? The ch- there's no indications of charges. I be- it's it's probably likely there will be, uh, something here. I don't think this goes off scot free. At all, something's yeah. gonna happen. Uh, Alec Baldwin has come out and said that he's he's heartbroken, obviously, and Bye. I can't imagine. What he's going through right now—it's—it's it's just such a mind-blowing story. This is not the first time this has happened, but it is very preventable. When I, uh, the first time I ever fired a gun, it was uh, with my friends on Crownland, outside of Sundry, Alberta, and even then, the amount of care we took, knowing that we had live rounds in, the communication you need to have. Is So important if one person doesn't tell you one thing it can go wrong and that's clearly what's happened here. Uh, It's definitely a wake-up call for Hollywood which is going through a lot right now Uh, and I I'm very interested to see what comes of this It's such a tragedy Um, but this is what we know now and again the horrible horrible irony in this story is that this movie is about an accidental killing. If this movie ever comes out, which honestly, I don't know what you do at this point. Uh, Thank you, Ryan. This got me
0: thinking this story because when it happens to Brandon Lee, when it happens in this case with Alec Baldwin, because we all know Alec Baldwin, we talk about this story and I don't diminish the people that are affected by this. And frankly, Alec Baldwin, I mean, the guy who held it, he was told it was okay. How do you recover from that? I have no idea. But let's put it back into context uh, into real life. This is Hollywood. Something went wrong at work in Hollywood, right? I mean, um, it is very similar to someone falling off a scaffolding at work, Yep. right? Or someone not tying off something that uh, it's an at at work accident. And we Mm -hmm. talk about it. And I want to take ourselves into account here and maybe me. Because, yes, we talk about this. This is an interesting story. It's a story that needs to be talked about. It's sort of in front of everybody, and it's one of our favorite actors, right? But the accountability lies that I'm taking on with this story is that the average of people in the USA that die from uh, accidental or purposeful gun use is about 123 a day on average. And the amount of people yeah. in Canada who die from guns is about four per day. And that could be suicide, murder, accidental, everything. Those are all lumped together. Every single day, four people, statistically, it's actually rounded up from three and a, three and a half or so. Statistically, in Canada, three people a day are dying from from guns. And um, I'm not anti-gun. I'm not pro-gun, for that matter. We talk about the Hollywood story. We don't talk about the fact that there are all kinds of people dying every single day. And I just that's it. There's no morality here. There's no good or bad or right or wrong in in bringing that up. But it is very grounding because it's not the only person who died from a gun on that day. Mm -hmm. And um, we probably need to keep that into context when we look at these stories, just in general, all of us. And again, it's not pro-gun or anti-gun. It's just people who die. And um, it is very sad that this happened at work where people feel like they're going to be safe. And there are supposed to be protocols in place to keep everybody safe. That did not happen. But those stats matter too. And it was an opportunity to remind us of them.
1: It's just, uh, I think one of the big changes, uh, and and thank you, Shane. It's a great reminder. One of the big changes that's probably going to come immediately in Hollywood is uh, just complete removal of live rounds. There, there's just really, uh, unless you are filming some stunt work and, you know, shooting at sand, dirt, but even Mm. then a lot of film studios where you use small air cannons. Uh, there, there just really isn't any need to have a live round near an actor or a stunt person for that matter. Uh, so I imagine there will be some immediate change in Hollywood. And as someone who was an actor, as someone who has been around film sets and, and knows how strict the safety precautions are and the, how it's almost shocking the amount of communication, the amount of people with radios and all that on a movie set. I've never mm-hmm. been in a movie, a TV set. Um, stuff gets crossed and it's just a tragedy. Uh lots to come, I'm sure. Uh, and uh, we'll learn more. Huh, okay. How about we uh how about we pick up the mood here? How about we, uh, a laugh? Let's 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 just you know what? Let's just hop right in. Good morning. I'm Ryan O'Donnell with today's TikTok, tick tock, tick tock. Break down, break down. Okay, a, com- a complete 180, but this is a 180 I'm sure you will enjoy. Many months ago on the shift, I recommended a TV show. Uh, the show is called Clarkson's Farm. It is still absolutely my favorite show of the year, although the new season of Curb Your Enthusiasm launched today. So we'll have to see where that lands. This is uh, Jeremy Clarkson, the host of to- a former host of Top Gear, Grand Tour, uh, the guy who inspired me to do what I do. Uh, it's his show about farming. He decided he wanted to become a farmer, and it's just, it's a brilliant show. And one of the reasons the show is so great are the people that work with him. And one of those guys' name is Gerald. Gerald is a man from Northern England that is, I can't understand what he says. His accent is so thick, and the way he speaks is so insane, it's almost impossible to understand who he is. Well, I have found someone else with the exact same accent. We're going to play the game that we played many months ago. Can you guess what they are saying? But before we go there, here is a refresher on Gerald's accent. And I'm going to tell you, guys, the last time we did this, people did pretty good. They were able to put at least one sentence together of what Gerald said, although this is the ultimate test. If you can make out three words in a row here, I'm going to say you, you did it, although it is through a radio, so you're at a bit of a disadvantage. But regardless, you'll win a prize. Here it is.
3: I just don't know. I'll, I don't know. I don't know what he wants me to do. Do you want me to come alongside on the next
4: run? I do his lights on, but the spout's out, so I'm assuming he's
3: ready oh,
0: Too fast, I got too fast, yeah. I got, I got too fast.
1: Uh lights on. No, no, Jeremy said that. I, I think too too fast is the only word that I understood. So that's Gerald. But there are others who speak like Gerald does, and I discovered them on TikTok. She's a Cornish farmer. Her name is Marina Warren, and she has a family farm in northern England, and it looks like the most beautiful farm in the world. Seriously, this life is looking more and more appealing, the more farming stuff I watch. I know how difficult it is, uh, but still, Uh, Marina's been going viral, or I I should actually probably say her grandfur is going viral, and I did not misspell grandpa she says "grandfer," but it's in the accent it's more like grandpa it's like grandpa but fa uh she farms with her grandpa and uh he's got the same voice as gerald here is an easy example
0: grandpa say this grandpa say that never how is grandpa grandpa
2: grandpa how are you oh that's bad
4: you know not really but there I could do we air haircut, maybe borrow Van for eighty
0: months or you know? <laughs> <laughs> Not too bad, not really. That was easy. Those four that words. Was... I want my prize.
1: <laughs> uh, okay, it's uh, it's the next. One. Now, obviously, you know what he's going to say because she reads it out first, which is great. Uh, but this this is the one that went viral. This is the one that I saw on my for you page, and uh, it is excellent.
3: Please get him to say, No one tells me nothing. Grandpa! Grandpa, go on, you'll be good at this one.
4: <laughs> God damn it, nobody doesn't tell me nor do you know. I'll
1: tell you. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. God it, turtle turtle it, turtle it. That's what I got. I
2: like uh, it. Yeah, uh, growing up, I, you know, several. Family get togethers and you had the northern Irish side of the family and after a few yep. Guinness they all started to sound very similar. Something like that. Yeah, yep. so I spent my childhood trying to figure out what, you know, the cousins and aunts and uncles and <sighs> were trying and the great aunts and uncles were trying to say. So yeah, I got some experience yeah. with this.
1: It's beautiful. It's uh I really, really want to go here. This, I, I have this weird thing where I feel like I need to go to Scotland and Ireland and, and Northern England. I don't know why. It's just like this gut feeling. I need to go there. And I seriously just want to like go to a little farm, find their shop and just talk to the person that owns it and see if I can understand at least one sentence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I
0: think it's neat. I would like to see the look on my face.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. That's the best part of the show is Jeremy's face after Gerald says a sentence that he just looks at the camera. He's completely <laughs> dumbfounded. It's fantastic. It's it's excellent.
0: Um, We said we'd talk about it. So let's do it here quickly before we're done. Um, friends, Gunther passed away. Mm-hmm. Remember Gunther? He worked in the coffee shop, the Central Perk. He was the very, very white haired uh, character. He was a part time character on the show. He was suffering from prostate cancer for a very, very long time, and um, and he did pass away. Um, that news uh, hit the internet through the course of the day, uh, the, the course of the weekend this weekend. Um, do we have those clips anywhere close by, Ryan, or did I just pull this on you? And...
1: Uh, give me uno oh, is momentum? it hour one, end yeah, of hour absolutely. one, Ryan. Yep. Yeah, um, end of hour one there. Yep.
0: So um, let's grab those really quickly uh, just for a little flashback because um, James Michael Tyler, uh, most known for Gunther, uh, passed away in Los Angeles uh, this weekend. So, a little sal- sal- salute to him um, and his work with friends. Have
4: you, uh, have you seen Chandler? I
3: thought
4: you were Chandler. <laughs> <laughs> but one of you's over there.
3: Oh, Gunther, could I get a scone? Do you want anything?
2: I don't know what I want. I want a lot of things. I want to be with the woman I love on
0: Valentine's Day. And I want her to love me back. And I want just one moment of relief from the gut-wrenching pain and knowing that that's never gonna happen.
4: We have red bagels. Okay.
3: Hey, Gunther. Hi. Getting to be that holiday time again, huh?
4: Yes, it's like a miracle.
3: And, you know, I was thinking, you know, since it's the time of giving gifts, I was wondering, are there any presents around here for me? You know what I mean? (laughs) Hey, I think I found them.
4: That's the Toys for Tots collection bin.
2: Well, that's awfully convenient, don't you think?
4: For the Tots, it is.
3: (laughs) Hey, you guys, guess what? Did you find them? No. Gunther fainted.
0: (laughs) Uh, So Gunther had a crush on Rachel, and when Rachel worked at Central Park briefly, we saw a lot of them. Uh, Great character and a lot of fun. Sabrina the Teenage Witch was also on that one. Just shoot me as well, too. Uh, James Michael Tyler uh, passing away this weekend. Gunther from France.